0: This is the show Procrastination Pals, we talk about who's what, when's, why's and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts, we record our thoughts, observations and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. Welcome to Procrastination Pals, for what you're doing when you should be doing something else. I am... I don't have a title. We all <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm the Sultan of Procrastination, Dan Morganti. And I'm Josh. Cool. So, this week in procrastination, how have you been doing, Josh? Very good.
1: Um, started to go, We're back at work, setting up the bar and doing that kind of thing, which is great, but it seems like that may have been uh, totally useless as restrictions are kicking back up again. Um, but good to get out of the house and sort of just re-engage um, with that kind of thing at the moment rather than sitting about. And it's sort of been that nice. I think, you know, through procrastination, the idea of it, um, being able to go back and have uh, a drive for work is uh, has been good. So, so, something with more intent. Um, realized I don't want to go back to work. But at the same time, uh, it's good to be back for no. now.
0: I've been thinking about that as well. I just realized I don't want to work. At all. At all. Like, yeah. It, just
1: don't want to do it, man. Yeah.
0: I'm like I'm kinda hoping this podcast takes off and we become millionaires from this because this is way better than building scaffold don't or serving drinks to our souls. Or, you know, just, thanks for thinking about me, though. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so this week in procrastination as well, we're gonna be talking about books and books that we read while we're procrastinating or books that we procrastinate mm-hmm. reading. It's a laundry list of ways you can procrastinate with books. That's immense. Beat the shit out of someone with a book, like uh, like book. your uh, what's that guy's name? Matt Damon plays him. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Yeah, he beats the guy up with a book. Does he in the first one? Yeah. Good on him. And a pen. And stabs him in the hand with a pen, hand,
1: like in, in between in the webbing. Yeah, I remember that uh, watching that film. It's and, a visceral a reaction kid. to it the It really, really, really is.
0: And then that guy jumps out the window and breaks his for neck for no reason. Well, he's going to well, get caught. Yeah, I'm
1: sure. Jumps out and dies. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So, books we've been reading. I actually haven't read the Bourne books. Nor have but, I. Yeah. Uh, basically, I don't know about you, but I have a ton of books on my bedside uh, table that I use as a coffee coaster. Yeah, most of the time. But I'm, I'm always reading a book. It just takes me a long time to read books. So, mm-hmm. I've got about 12 books uh, on my bedside table at the moment. Uh, the one I'm reading is the Gulag Archipelago, which is just disastrous, diabolical. It's the worst um, view of Soviet Russia that like, I don't think a lot of people know. I think people understand that Soviet Russia was not a good place to be, but this just is horrific. It's really not a rom-com. No, not at all. Uh, so, it's written by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. It's famously being Salter Hudson? Okay.
1: Salter Snitzel. Snitzel.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's been touted uh, by Jordan Peterson. The mm-hmm. uh, some Canadian? say right no, he's a right wing or I, the people say he's, he's right wing. He's oh sorry, I thought you said comedian. Was no. Like, no, 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 no. No, no. No, yeah, Canadian. Uh he's like a yeah college professor that's gotten famous and um he yeah, so he recommended it and uh, I'm reading it and it yeah, it truly is horrific. And it's like about the human spirit and what happens to the human spirit in like forced incarceration when you're guilty. And it, it's pretty deep and disturbing, but it's taken me a long time to read that because it, it is pretty horrific and it's, it feels like a chore to read it. I think it's a hard thing sometimes when when a
1: book is particular, dealing with particularly dark content. It, it takes a long time. It can, it can be a real trudge to get through certain books like that. I, and whether it be, I, I think, d- depending on the book, whether it be um, heavy on information, just just dense with info, I, those kind of books can take me a long time to sort of get through just because I don't want to find myself skimming and then not retaining anything that's actually happening. Um, I don't mind books like that. Uh, uh, Sapiens, I've been reading recently. And it's part of that trilogy. So, Sapiens, Homo Deus, and then 21 Lessons, all by Yuval Noah Harari. Um, Really wonderful books, um, sort of chronicling the history of man in in as short a form as it can. But at times, it does become very uh, numbers, dates, factual, heavy, which sort of... (laughs) Can be draining.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know... And you don't retain any of that information, oh, of either. course.
1: And that's the point. And, and like, if I if I'm picking up the book to sort of for a light read, um, that kind of stuff can be heavy. As I imagine, the, the one on the Gulag would be yeah, as well.
0: Absolutely. I've got some other books there that aren't as heavy. Um, I'll just go through the list now. So Hollow Knight, The Wanderer's Journal, which is a video game book. Okay. <laughs> it goes through all the characters and stuff in the video game. It's like one of my favorite video games. So I got that. Uh, the Heart of Dead Cells, another video game book, but this one is not like content-based. It's not about what's uh, like the story of the video game so much. It's about the creation of the video game, so video game development and it's it kind of like it's big. It's almost like, you know, a coffee table book, mm-hmm. but it's like dense and um, I haven't gotten around to reading the whole thing yet, but I'm, I am I really enjoy reading about video game development. It's kind of uh, split between like an art book and a development diary kind of thing. So, I'm really looking forward to reading that. Uh, Those are my most recent purchases that are sitting on my bedside table. That was about two months ago at the start of lockdown. Um, I've got Babylon's Ashes, which is from the Expanse series. That's number six in the Expanse series, which is a sci-fi series. It's on the sci-fi channel now as a TV show. Mm -hmm. and uh, It used to be, actually. I think it got picked up by Amazon. It got cancelled and Amazon picked it up and there was like a huge fan And probably
1: won't be shooting there anyway, but
0: yeah. But um really good sci-fi series. Uh and yeah, I'm on the sixth one, I think there's eight at the moment. I don't know how long it will continue, but really enjoying that. I got Truth in Comedy by del Close, which is like a book about writing comedy and stuff like that, but I think Is it's, it funny? I haven't read it yet. Like no, these, are, these are all books that I haven't read. Um but Del Close is, like, the grandfather of improv comedy. So, like, sketch comedy and, you know, live sketch comedy and stuff. Owns a lot of kooky
1: shirts, no doubt.
0: I imagine. But, like, I once did an improv, like, introductory class and it was horrific. woeful. Yeah. The people who were in there, like, there was this guy who was 40 who I, I think would have considered himself, like, the office comedian but he was not funny. And he got there, he was wearing a jumper, and he sat down, and he's looking around the room, kind of like... How did violent. he sit? Uh, um, like real reclined? El- yeah, Laid back, reclined, baby. Elbows up on the back of the chair. He Talk. took his jumper off, and he was wearing a Rick and Morty shirt, and kind of like, <laughs> looked around like... Touting yeah. It. Badge of
1: honor, right there.
0: Yeah. Kind of to say, hey, this show is funny. I like this show. Therefore, by association, I am also funny.
1: How do you do, fellow kids? You
0: get into the animation stuff, or... And he was not. He was the most painful person I've ever... Like, I hated that class just because of this guy. And also, everyone else in there was weird as well. Probably not a great indicator of myself as well. No, fit right in. Yep, absolutely. Uh, So, Truth in Comedy. Interested in reading it to see what uh, someone from... I think it's written in the 70s or 80s or something. As of yet, haven't opened. Yeah. Um, But I'm looking forward to reading that just to see a perspective on uh, what someone thinks comedy is mm-hmm. um, The Anatomy of Story so that's a book about yeah, writing, writing. Yep. yeah so just interested in reading that Manufacturing Consent by uh, Noam Chomsky so I've read probably 100 pages of that and put it down and haven't picked it up again but I will continue reading what's that it, what's it about uh, it was, uh, it's about um, how the media and entertainment industry kind of uh, props up politics and maybe interests that go against the public good by being complicit because their, their revenue is based on advertising dollars and those advertisers have an agenda to make more money and it, it's pretty dense but really interesting. It's like one of the most famous works on media criticism, I think. Um, and then Death by Video Game, which is a book I bought because I'm like, oh, I'd be interested to know about this and it's about People who die after marathon sessions of playing video games for like sixty hours. Jesus. Uh, which, yeah. Now that I'm, I bought that probably two years ago and haven't touched it. And every time I look at, I'm like, I'm, I'm less interested in reading this more and more as it goes on. Because you're living it. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Thanks. <laughs> it might ring Currently, just a little too true. And yeah. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna fix my diet. No, it's more about. I I think in the end it's gonna be kind of making all these claims and connections that probably aren't justified and i don't think it's going to be particularly well written or maybe it will be i don't know but it just doesn't seem to me like something that i'm interested in reading anymore so i'll probably just put that on the shelf
1: now with this stuff of like owning books that a lot of people do have books that they don't read um like i like i know on, on my bookshelf i have a couple of books out there like my, for the most part i try and make sure that i actually read what i buy or what i have in my house because there, there is certain people i know that use it as some sort of signifier of, of intelligence or look how well read i am those but, people
0: are called wankers
1: yeah 100 percent. and it's just like but they just like oh you know i'm gonna put on some like don quixote which i have and and I've, and again like I, i'm making my way through it again a very dense um very dense book but um, when you're in the bookstore are the ones now that you think of ones that you haven't read because I still love going into bookstores yeah, and there's something like, like something about the, even even the smell of, of books like old like old musty ones yeah. I, I, I love that smell anyway or new books I remember as a kid I used to be a big reader as a kid Um, you know mostly just Lord of the Rings Harry Potter fantasy kind of stuff callback the Berenstain Bears <laughs> there you go <laughs> never actually read one but there you go yeah Uh. But just having like getting a new book, and there used to be the ones uh, from primary school where the li- like, I don't know, some scholastica would send out kind of like magazines and say, "Look, oh, these are all on offer, and you can get them cheap." And they deliver them to the school. I remember those, and then yeah. you get to take them home, and, and you I- end up
0: I- buying like six books. And- oh, for
1: sure, I was, a b- but I was a big subscriber to that. Like, like, always used to do do that and sort of um, ha- harass my mum for cash for books, but. Um, getting those new books and opening it to the center page and just sticking my face in it and smelling it was such a thing I used to do. All I right, just didn't do that. I fucking loved it, man. The, the smell of a new book or smell of an old book. I like every book I get, I give it a sniff.
0: Okay. All right. I, I can see where Strange you're coming King, from. I do like, uh, the smell of an old bookstore, but yeah, I, I don't have any, uh, sense uh olfactory sense olfactory yeah yeah to uh bo- reaction to no, book. i think
1: it's it's just like a it's connected to to joy for yeah. me. like guy like used to get such joy out of it as a kid that 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 smell brings me back to that kind of place
0: and if you had to say you had a favorite genre of book what what do you think yours would be i think i think growing up um
1: uh fantasy so i think this is probably from uh my uncle who was a big reader, big big reader of fantasy? I think I remember my first the first novel that I ever read was The Hobbit, and then, you know, that's at twelve or I don't know what age, but and then moving on to sort of again thicker, heavier, like Lord of the Rings. There was a couple of other ones that I got into.
0: The Hobbit's kind of like the introduction introduction to fantasy for a lot of kids, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah.
1: And again, it, it's it's a well written book. I haven't read it in a long time, um, but I think fantasy was a big one for me and I I think particularly as a kid um, like not wasn't particularly fucking popular at primary school things like that and had like bullied by a few people and and things but reading was very much again just being able to escape and always used to be able to do it and just be like fuck I'm just gonna read and read and read and read Um, and fantasy I think purely for the fact that it is you know really escapism to the point of like ridiculousness that that connected with me so intensely, and and also I I love that world creation like like it's it's just like really great imaginative writing. And for some reason, on the other side of the hand, I I didn't ever get into sci-fi. Okay, yeah. Like think like it was, and I think it was like a you know came to a fork in the road at some stage. Be like, right, am I going to be a sci-fi kid reader, or am I going to be fantasy? And whatever it was that drew me to fantasy, just sort of pulled me that way.
0: I would say sci-fi is like my favorite genre. I read yeah. a lot of it. I read like I'm going through classic sci-fi at the moment so a lot of Isaac Asimov and Robert A Heinlein and uh, others like that and yeah I like I love it I also love fantasy like Terry Pratchett's probably one of my favorite writers Have you ever read anything yeah. of his yeah so I'm going through his books one at a time so he's got 40 books in this Discworld series which it's it's like fantasy comedy and he's just he's a br- brilliantly witty writer like writes like um, paradoxes and, um, and, and I think oxymorons so, and, and stuff like that. I think that. it's
1: funny that sci fi lends itself more to comedic writing than fantasy does. F- fantasy will probably tend into more um, like musicality and rhythm or, or poetry, and sci fi is sharp and witty and intelligent. Not, not that either form is, is it less intelligent than the other, but sci fi books are, are certainly written, I think, with, with comedy in mind more.
0: I think. What I really love about sci-fi the most is that good sci-fi makes a comment on current issues in the world. So a lot of uh, old sci-fi, like *Dune* by Frank Herbert, Tick me dune <laughs> tune.
1: And of course, God, used to
0: no, no, no. used to sing that when I was reading it. But yep. one of the, one of the best books ever written, and it's got a real like uh, environmentalist message at the heart of it. It's like these family factions that are fighting over this planet that has a rare spice. It's only found on this planet which allows interstellar travel and it's really about um, preserving the environment. Or you can read, it's not really about that, but there's a huge element of that in it.
1: But I think that's a big sci-fi one as well As they, they try to work as cautionary tales. You go back to even like Orwell and and trying to say, look, these are the issues that we're working with now and they, if we let them uh, take over... To the fullest extent, this is what we could be in in store for, you know. And and there's obviously a lot of play within the technology and capabilities of technology, where it's like, oh, you know, this is what's possible. But also by picking a um, often environmental or political stance and saying, this is what we have the potential for this to become as well. Not just you know we we're going to become advanced, but the the darker side of ourselves is going to advance as well and we need to make sure that we quash this kind of shit before it gets to yeah out of control
0: i think also in the world of sci-fi like there's the hugo awards and nebula awards in the last few years there's kind of been these uh factions that are growing it where i guess typically it used to be a male dominated uh space with mainly males who like sci-fi but it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy of If it's only males writing it and they're writing for their own fantasy reasons, then you're going to attract men who enjoy it. Yeah, Yeah. so but uh, in recent years, there's been a lot more female writers who are speaking up, uh, like as all um, across all industries, this is happening, and a lot of men are like, "Oh, you're writing this." uh like like social justice warrior trash or yeah. But it's just because sci-fi was for, like. yeah, sci-fi was for them for so long that now people are taking the style of sci-fi and adding like contemporary issues, which it's done all along, but from a female perspective or fr- just from different social issues, like. Um,
1: a more considered perspective, anyway.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah, so but the
1: female character is not just like a pink alien with three tits yeah, in a bikini that rocks up and just gets fucked by the space captain. Yeah,
0: so a lot of new sci-fi is coming up with uh, things that are passing like the Bechtel test, like mm-hmm. the, you know, or the sexy lamp test, like all those tests to say that it's... It, I don't know what the sexy
1: lamp test is, but...
0: If you can replace a female character... With a sexy w- lamp. With a sexy lamp, does it change the story in any meaningful way? Um, and there's... Very
1: simplistic, but it, yeah, but, yeah, no, but it makes sense. Obviously, if you, if you can don't do th- pass that fucking test, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah. And uh, have you ever read Men Writing Women on on Reddit? There's, so there's a Reddit subreddit page called Men Writing Women. And I've never really noticed it because it's it, you only ever see it in isolation. But when they're all together, you notice that like there are a lot of men who yeah write just messed really up... Really bad women characters. Yeah. And it's always like... they're th- My favorite are the ones where women... Like they knock, men are going to meet this, you know, one of their partners for the first time, like they're a cop and they're going to meet, they knock on the door and they answer the door topless and they're just like, hey, come on in. And the writing's like, she was so confident and her breasts were so perky. (laughs) She was so confident in her perky breasts. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's all about writing about the boobs. That's so fucking dumb. Yeah.
1: It was all all, all like dewy nape. You know what I mean? Like it's always like, they're always a bit like shiny. mm these women are always sweaty
0: and they're always they're always uh, so confident that they can just show off their body in any way and i i was saying i was reading a lot of classic sci-fi and there there's always like like all right i've got to be aware this was written in the 60s or you know earlier or even up to the 80s and like even now i'm sure this is getting written yep but there's always like okay for for this book to be written in the 50s this is not so bad on contemporary issues, and I remember reading one a *Stranger in a Strange Land*, which one of my favourite books of all time. And I got to like I was got about halfway, and I was like, "Hey, for a book that was written in the 60s, this doesn't seem to have much uh, homophobia or racism in it." And then chapter I chapter eight. I literally turned the page, and and within two pages, he said something racist and homophobic. I was like, <laughs> "Well,
1: chapter eight, the gays. Do we need them?" <laughs> yeah,
0: so that, um God damn it, dude. So yeah, they're like I do enjoy sci-fi, but there are definitely some of that in sci-fi. And also, my my greater concern with sci-fi is that a lot of these sci-fi stories have really good sci-fi settings and really thought out, fleshed out worlds, but the story just isn't very good. The characters aren't well written, and they've spent so much effort on making this a believable world, which. Is fantastic, and then they drop the ball with the actual story and the writing. Well, the character
1: development what is it, what it's all about. Like, they get, I think, gen, like within fiction at least, they, they the you can sort of skirt around even describing what a character look, looks like or the clothes they wear or the space that they're in. As, he long, had as, their, hair, as long as their
0: voice, like your hair, he yeah, had, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> had dewy breasts, like your <laughs> dewy breasts. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah as long as the character's there and there's something in that that you can connect with I don't give a shit where it is you, you, you don't have to mention anything about the house because so much of that can come through <clears throat> through the depiction of the character and the way that they speak and the way that they engage or you know if you're writing like an internal narrative the way that they speak to themselves with that kind of like mind's eye
0: um, so is there any genres that don't interest you? Technical manuals. I just can't get into technical manuals. Yeah, yeah, the blueprints are great, but there's not enough
1: character development. (laughs) You know, who is the motherboard? Uh, Not, to be honest, no. I'd be willing to give most a crack. Um, Do I think that there are genres that will struggle to engage with me more? Yes. Yes. I haven't come across too many of those though.
0: Yeah. I I think there's definitely genres that I haven't given a go, like um, romance. Like, I don't think I've ever properly read a romance novel, but most I've books. I've gotten horny over a book. Like, don't really? get me wrong. What? what 100%. Yeah, it
1: was a fantasy one, but it was like, <clears throat> again, Dewey Breasts or something going on. And and I'm 16 reading this book, just like, what the hell? <laughs> I could get this going like this. He revealed his wand. Yeah. This is why I was sniffing books so much. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Full-blown
1: yeah. erection. Yeah. Just, like, just reading.
0: So, like, I remember my Nana used to get these, mil- like, Mills and Boone. They're the, I think that's what they're called, yeah. the romance novels. My Nana used to get two of them, like, once a month. So, she was...
1: Nan was horny, dude.
0: I guess so. Because I never... I never knew what they were. They were just always laying around her house. Just oil
1: paintings of like a pirate with his shirt a little bit ripped off. Yeah.
0: Um, what's his name? Fabio on every single cover. Yeah. But Good gig. And they were always like this uh, This purple that you would associate, like the colour purple that you would associate with a romance novel. Satin sheets or some shit. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon even those would be interesting, probably not for the reason that they intended to write it, which is getting older women horny, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, just for a like uh, I would think I would enjoy it from a comedy perspective. And it some of it would be hilarious. And there's things that can be well written and compelling, but you know, I'm not interested in the subject matter. Um so I think I don't think there's genres that I I don't know if the ones that you can buy from Target
1: on the way out the door are mm, no. that well written. No. But again, it, it'd be like watching the room or something. It's just like this is so fucking awful. Yeah. Kinda loving it. Mm. Strangely yeah. turned on. <laughs>
0: By some terrible dewy breasts.
1: Dewy breasts. That's going to be. I'm going to say that a lot more often. I think. Yeah.
0: Although I think most of them are. Dewy pecs. Yeah. So uh, chiselled pecs and abs more so than dewy breasts, glistening
1: with. He had nipples that could cut diamonds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it. Um, Is there any books that you've read that you absolutely hated and finished out of spite? I'm saying this. Because you've done it recently, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. not recently. I just remember reading this book, being like, "Oh." I no. I
1: I've got uh, kind of like the three, three, three to six chapter rule, where if and and this translates into any, um, t like series or TV series that I watch as well. But I'll give you I'll give you three, three, three to six chapters. If you haven't got me by then, I'm done with you.
0: Which some might say
1: is actually pretty generous. Yeah, I, I would, and and I, because I want to give it that generosity to say, no, look, you know, like I understand that it, it's a, it's a bit of a trudge to to start the world building and to start character de- development and get that fleshed out enough, and I want to give it a chance because I, I think, look, there's been plenty of books I've read where the first chapter was like, what the fuck is, what, what am I reading, um which in itself is a massive fuck-up from a writer's perspective. It's like, you got to get me. You know what I mean? They grab me. But again, I, I understand that you may need a couple more chapters. Yeah. But no
0: not I, everyone's going to be Shakespeare straight away no, as well. And, so. and
1: look, if I start watching an episode of something and I don't like it, I will finish it. I'll finish the episode and they'll be like, hated it. I'm not watching anymore. anymore. Um, but with a book, it's like, that is just fucking way too much time and, and effort. To do something out of spite, yeah,
0: they do take a lot more effort to read a book than it is to just passively watch a TV show. 100%. Yeah, I'd be like
1: sitting there doing whatever else. So, like to, to, to they, they do
0: most of the work for you. Like you don't have to picture the oh, scene yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah, and like yeah, very actively engage. I think I think it would be incredibly petty to finish a book out of a spite. You were saying. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the book that I finished was the Dave Grohl biography By I can't even remember his name But he was a musical journalist So he would write about musicians and bands and concerts and stuff But I probably read it maybe five or six years ago Maybe longer than that, eight years ago uh, And it was not good I mean, it was... I I finished it because I really like Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters and all that uh, And I like... Um, what's that? The first band, Nirvana. But <laughs> yeah, he, sorry. What was that other band? Nah, no, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Big Fooey fan though. Yeah, but he halfway through it becomes like a, um, Kurt Cobain biography. So it talking. He's talking about Dave Grohl and Dave where Dave Grohl grew up, and then he starts talking about, um, Kurt Cobain. And it just continues with Kirk Cobain for ages. Like Kirk Cobain is a serious part of this yeah. book. And that just really gave me the shits. Like if you want to write a biography about Kirk Cobain, do that after you finish the one about Dave Grohl. Um, and yeah, he just had really kind of stunted writing and I, I was very angry reading the... <laughs> you know, when you, instead when you get instead, pumping instead reading of a book.
1: turning a page, you rip it out of the book and yeah, throw it on the floor. I, I would fucking love to read a book like that. Imagine, I, imagine being on a tram or public transport and I, as you finish a page, you just tear it out. You and lick, your, on, lick <laughs> your finger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, onto the
0: ground yeah.
1: like this guy has got no fucks left to give
0: <laughs> I remember um, that's the
1: bible sir
0: Liam's Liam our friend Liam was at school one time they were doing quiet reading like they had an assignment to do and Liam looked up and one of the guys was reading a book and you could see his face like scrunch up and he got angry and slammed the book shut and then just folded the book in half like, so. <laughs> Liam's like what the hell's Jesus wrong with that Christ yeah but, um the- yeah, that it book, was a manual. on What's that, wrong with steroids? Yeah, absolutely. This is bullshit. So that is probably the worst book I've ever read, and mm. I finished it out at, like so angry. Finish when I finished it.
1: See, and I, I'd hate it because it would affect me too much. Like, like I do think it's like any any good book affects the way you take on the world. You know, like, like if I was like driven enough and didn't procrastinate so fucking much. And could become a, like a morning reader. Shout out Procrastination Pass. Hell yeah. If I could read as I got up in the morning after my yoga sesh and tasty healthy breakfast, none of which I do, <laughs> then it, it would change the way I take on the world. Again, if I could just get like two, three chapters out of a book, whatever's going on in that sort of would solidify my ideas and, and, and like my um, – thoughts on myself or how i would react in that kind of situation and become more and i think you, you kind of become more present in what you might do within your day and you're walking around and carrying these ideas and able to digest rather than you know reading before bed which is what i, I do more often um, where i become tired rather than energized by it and then just sleep and don't really get time to actually stew on what i've been reading
0: yeah, right. I never thought about that actually. Yeah, because I I read before going to bed as well, or I used to. Now I'm on my phone a lot, um, which I kind of hate. So it's I'm, even worse. I'm yeah, just procrastinating, even reading a book now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that probably does help. Like, I because I have read books where I go out and I'm just thinking about that while I'm walking down the street, or so. Yeah, it probably aims to read in the morning more so than at night. Would be
1: great. And, and again, that's where I think reading on public transport. Is awesome because again, time goes quickly, but then I'm engaged with it and then walking from a train station or to, to wherever I'm going, you, you, you do sit and, and you actually actively in, think about it more.
0: That's why I do, like, that's one of the reasons why I still use public transport is because I do read while I'm on public transport. It's a good, like, you don't have to stress about driving anywhere mm-hmm. you're getting to your destination without having to worry about where you're going or like you have to control where you're and sometimes going.
1: sometimes it's like teleportation for me because if I get so into the book... I'm not sitting there being like, oh, you know, how long is this train going to fucking take? It's just like, don't read. And I'm almost getting to a point where I'm like, oh, fucking, I need to get to the end of this page because my stop's coming up.
0: Have you ever missed a stop because you've been reading? That's yes. happened to me two or Definitely. three times. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you ever think about writing a book? Because I've come up with these stories all the time. You want to hear my sci-fi story? Again, this is a, a world that I've created with no story to stick in it. Yeah, sure. But
1: how many, how many before you before start, how many sexy lamps? Uh, three. Three sexy lamps. Okay. But
0: also three fleshed out female characters as well. So, yeah, well, you can balance it out. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it's a story about uh, genetic modification. So I've got kind of like bits of this world fleshed out, but it, it's like um, in the future, people can genetically modify their DNA with animal DNA. So we can take positive aspects from animal DNA And insert it into our own and like, so there's... You fucking
1: heathen, Go on.
0: Yeah, and so there's a a religious um, sect in the book who, or in the story, in this world that I've created, who are totally against uh, genetic modification because, you know, we were made pure and all that. There's a faction of hippies who live out in the desert and they've all got green skin because they've incorporated plant DNA. Into their body, and they're all photosynthesized. so they use less uh, meat and things like that. Too much
1: tree hugging. Good.
0: Uh, there's in, there's soldiers who are uh, modified with like cockroach DNA and mole rat DNA because mole rats, um, are, like the the most fascinating creature. Like, Fucking disgusting animal. They're yeah. They're they discu- look like a
1: dick with teeth.
0: Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Wait, your dick doesn't look like that.
1: Okay, we'll talk about this after. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, so I've got like this idea for a world where people are like living with these genes, and there's like, there's no one who doesn't have at least one. Like, people are um, used mole rat DNA because they're resistant to cancer. Like, they just don't get cancer or shark DNA. I don't think sharks get cancer either. So, it's hard to smoke underwater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. drop these in as you go. Uh, so, that's like the idea of the story. And then, like, I, I just wouldn't know how to put in a character. Like I assume it would be a, a conspiracy book where it's like, oh, these people are being genetically modified, and there's a huge problem with the genetic modifications. Like they they become sterile, or it, it actually advances, gives them cancer, and um, so yeah, that's like my story idea, but without any.
1: Never put it. Never put pen to paper on it.
0: I don't. Well, yeah, I don't. Fair. I don't have a story for the world. That's my biggest complaint with sci-fi, and I. I guess that's um, looking inward on that problem. It's a, it, it's an immense
1: fucking undertaking, I would say, to do any of this kind of thing. Uh, I've I've never, look, I've, I've, entertained the idea of it. Um, me being more into script writing and things like that. I'd be like, oh, maybe you know, I can just flesh it out, draw it out, and like turn it into a, a book. Fuck no, dude. Like I, I I I don't have the drive, unfortunately. I remember as a kid. Again, I used to write like fan fi- fan fiction, f- 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 fan fiction of Harry Potter. Hell yeah, boy! Yeah, I remember writing that and just like putting myself in wanting to be Harry Potter and writing that out.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, that's what uh, isn't that what Twilight was fan fiction of something? I
1: don't know, possibly.
0: No, I did, I sorry. Do, did, no, you, did you f- read, did, f- did f- you read Twilight? Yeah, I read. I read Twilight. Sorry, no. Yeah, actually uh, quite enjoyed the books. I was actually another book I was angry with because in the last one. They have this. It's going to be this huge battle where all these vampires are fighting, and then they just come and have a bit of a cry to each other and then leave. And I was like, that is the most anticlimactic bullshit I've ever read in a book. That that got me angry because I was like, yeah, I want to read these vampires tearing each other apart. I've read four books or three books of this sappy bullcrap, and uh, for it
1: to end like sappy bullcrap,
0: how dare you! Yeah, maybe the book wasn't written for me in mine. So, I would imagine not. Yeah. So I was upset, but understand understanding of the situation, I guess. I wasn't too hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upset. I, was I mean, just... we're still fucking talking about it, but... Yeah. <laughs> still still left scars. Uh, yeah, so that's my idea for a book. And uh, yeah, I don't have anywhere else to go from here. But basically, uh, I think we at come to the end of the episode.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, again... I- I'm hoping to sort of pick up a few more books and actually get them read. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, look, it's very topical at the moment, but I'm reading Why I'm No, lo- no Longer Talking to White People About Race by Rennie Ito Lodge. Um, fucking awesome. Yeah. Right now, yeah, fucking awesome. Um, obviously, it, it's coming at, uh, you know, look, obviously Black Lives Matter riots and movement happening at the moment. I'll get this brief for a second, but... Um, I was like, yeah, look, we got to figure out how to how how I engage in it and what's my sp- place and, and, and just sort of educate a bit. Um, but this one's good because it's written from a British perspective of um, black issues within uh, Britain, the UK, and just how it d- differs from uh, the US and also it, it's sort of our lineage as Australians and being a colony of the UK. I think it's sort of like the one that we need to understand because that's our direct... Um, ancestry and history within okay. the issue. Yeah, um,
0: I have seen that book around, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm a little bit hesitant to read it. I guess I don't know why. I just, uh, I just don't want to be someone who's too into like um, social issues. Like, I want to sure. be, I want to be supportive, but not a, a loud voice in the. And this is
1: why, like, because this isn't about being a voice. It's just about educating myself. I just want to understand more.
0: Yeah, really. Well, yeah, that. Like, without thinking about it, that's why I wouldn't want to read it. But now, like, I I probably would read it. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it to you when I'm done. Sweet. Um, yeah, so we've come to the end of the episode. So, thanks for listening. Uh, it's time for us and you to get back to work. Uh, this has been Procrastination Pals. Bye.